0: This
1: episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Here are your hosts, Derek Johnson and Dougals.
2: Well, uh, at the recent uh, Hardcore Husky get-together in downtown Woodinville at the Pizza Coop, we had a couple of uh, guys come by that hadn't been there before that are guys from the boards at Hardcore Husky, and uh, as we were sitting around chatting, uh, I noticed a couple of things about them, Uh, and first off was that I'm usually the, the guy with the most neurotic memory in regards to Husky stats. And if you ask me who won the, the 1979 Washington Fresno state game, I could tell you it was 49 to 14. Um, and, and what I found with these two guys, uh, which would be uh, Willie Doog and Joey dangerously is that they both had memories that were e- equal to mine or even superior. And I, and I even got corrected a couple of times on some things that were wrong. I think it was something about Keith Price, the, trivia or something we were doing, I don't remember, <laughs> but anyway, so uh thought it'd be uh, great to, uh, to get them on the podcast and talk a little football, at least one of them is very optimistic about the coming year, uh, the other is uh, at least lukewarm, and so I'll be kind of a counterbalance to that, because I'm I'm kind of in a, a wait-and-see mode in that regard, uh, but uh, so first of all, uh, uh, start with the uh, Joey Dangerous lead, if you just want to take a minute and give uh, your, your backstory, Joe, to... Uh, uh, your history with Husky football, uh, and how you found Hardcore Husky, and then we'll move over to Woolly Duke.
3: Uh, yeah, my uh, real name, shocker, is Joey. So <laughs> uh, my first my first real memory of Husky football was 1989, a uh, USC game. Uh, that was the year they went to the Freedom Bowl and uh, plungered Florida, Uh, But my first real memory was my dad watching the game. And I think I posted this on the board, me asking, why our quarterback has a girl name? (laughs) uh, uh, Sorry, Kerry Conklin. But, yeah, Kerry (laughs) Conklin, yeah, my my first Husky quarterback hero. And then, uh, I mean, I've been uh, obsessed with Husky football Pretty much ever since then, and then uh lucky enough to meet my wife and her family, being my brother in law woolly Doog, has season tickets, so I've been pretty much at every single game since two thousand seven couple a so couple you know kids' soccer games, I had to miss a football game unfortunately for soccer so but
2: whatever. <laughs> By the way that 89 USC game that you said was the first team, did you you watch that one on TV or were you there?
3: I no no uh I didn't go to my first game till 98. That was oh, my oh, first oh, Husky okay. game. So I went a long time without going to a Husky game, but I watched every single one on on TV, you could watch and, and uh tried to listen to some on the radio, you know, but uh yeah, as a kid, as a kid, I don't. It's it's kind of a spotty memory for those games.
2: Gotcha. And then, real quick, how did you find Hardcore Husky? I think you've been on the boards for about four years. If that's right. Yeah, it's,
3: um, I, I lurked for a while and uh, checked it out. You know, tried to. Uh, I mean, I remembered some of the some of the people changed their handles, but of course you remember uh, you and race. Um, but yeah, Duke Man was just, it was just too much anymore. I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand the, the condescending shitty tone from fetters and uh, <laughs> listening to their podcasts and how uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable it is that those three guys Obviously don't like each other. <laughs> so 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 that's what brought me to Hardcore Husky. I, I, I'm just not I, I'm not a clean cut kind of guy like, like they want over there, you know, that doesn't doesn't uh talk shit to authority and and uh keep his words G rated.
2: Yep, and I, and I saw that definitely at the get together at the pizza coop when you you were on your about your ninth beer there. <laughs> well, I kept going, I kept
3: going, I kept going after the pizza coop. <laughs> oh, we, you did? Oh. And
4: we,
3: uh, uh, yeah, we started before the pizza
4: coop. <laughs> <laughs> I was it's ready.
2: <laughs> And so Wooly uh, will uh, if you uh could give your your brief uh back history with the uh, with uh, the huskies and then how you found uh hardcore husky and you don't post as much some people may not even be as familiar with your is
0: your handle but yeah for sure I'm the guy with the interim see the wooly sign on my uh on my uh profile <laughs> uh yeah he uh Joey kind of teed it up a bit my family uh, you know, going back to my grandpa, I think they've had season tickets since like the '50s. Uh, so my dad had them my whole life. Uh, I started going to games in the mid '90s, um, and it's been all you know, all all gravy since there. You know, uh, there's nothing but good good games and fun times uh, since I've been going to games. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm pretty much lost. The precipitous slide, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I'm pretty much lost in the. You know, the horrible obsession with Husky football, like last night at midnight, I was like, you know what, do I know enough of what the games were, what games the Huskies played in the 80s? And so I wikipedia through every season in the 80s just because I needed to know And I was like, yeah, that was, uh, 80 to 82 was a run. That was a run, you know, and then <laughs> let's try to go to sleep and then be like, man, I, I hate the past 25 years of Husky football, uh. But yeah, I, I found hardcore husky. This is now that I think about it, I haven't thought about it. It might be because about once a year, I write. Uh, my name's Jack, and I write some uh, pretty autistic amateur Pac-12 sports blogging for like ten years now. And about <laughs> once a year, and I also do uh, fiction writing. And about once a year, someone on the boards posts something talking talking shit about uh, uh, my writing. So I, I think I usually find find it through there, <laughs> Joey. I think, Joey, I kind of lurked for a long time. I'm also, a, I, I interned for Dogman like 20 years ago, uh, almost 20 years ago. So I've just kind of always been in the husky online community. And I lurked for a long time, and I finally lost control, and I, I started, you know, replying to some stuff. So uh, that, that's it's been a couple years now, and I don't post as much as I should, but I'm trying to work on it slash not work on that at the same time. Well, and if at any point
2: here during the the show, if you want to, uh, you know, plug your, uh, your the blog or the place you write, uh, feel free to. But I, I don't know how much anonymity you want to keep or no. whatever. But <laughs> I
4: don't, so. I don't <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's bad. But
3: I, I wa- do know that I, w- <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to post a link one time to his article like a couple years ago, and I thought. You know somebody's gonna call him a fag, and like, I don't know if I want that
4: kind baggage on my hands.
2: <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing too, because of the of the seven years that I was a sports writer for the Woodenville Weekly, and and uh, many people in the community knew me as they basically am just uh, for the most part, you know, uh, a good natured guy, and they wouldn't see me cursing or whatever, and then they go to my site and they just they, they they can't equate the two. And it's just like, well, <laughs> you <know>. uh, the <laughs> thing is, when you have kind of the Wild West thing where you try to have as minimal um, amount of moderation as possible with, within obvious limits. But, um, you know, you, 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 you if you try to champion free speech and everything, and also there's so much, what's the word, uh, censorship coming for many years now from, from Dogman and whatnot. And, Uh, So there's going to be – it's going to be an obvious magnet for people that are kind of uh, like rebels or pushing back against the system, and especially when you see so much hypocrisy uh, coming from the University of Washington football team that we've seen going back to, I guess going back to Don James's resignation, um, that's caused frustration and stuff. And so you're going to attract a certain type of crowd, and that crowd sometimes is going to want to get a little bit uh, rowdy and unruly, and that's who we are, so – uh people uh, lurk a lot to see the train wrecks and, and uh you know uh there you go so um now that, so that's us. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um i for starters there's been a, there's been some talk on the boards recently as we start talking about the 2021 season and what to expect and, and for the sake of conversation here today we're just going to assume that there's going to be a full 12 game schedule Uh, I'm not 100% convinced of that, but for the sake of conversation, let's just assume that it is with no COVID uh, uh, stuff interfering with it. Um, What what are each of your thoughts on, uh, first
0: of all, on Jimmy Lake? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, Wow, Jimmy Lake. (laughs) I have to work through because my dad will not stop calling him Jimmy Lake for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, So (laughs) the name just, it, it stuck with me. Um, I'm I'm somewhat pessimistic. Uh I'm gonna give him the chance to, you know, prove it this year and I don't think it'll be that hard for him to prove it on the field, but I think off the field with the recruiting is obviously a disaster of uh borderline Willingham level, if not worse than Willingham level. Uh and but I have I think as a on the field coach, especially given what we saw last year of being at least, you know, okay. I think he's all right. I'm optimistic enough. I do not see him being, you know, the next Don James, um, uh, but he could maybe be the next uh, like JV Chris Peterson in some way. Hopefully, so I, uh, the recruiting is and his assistant hires have been so disappointing that I, I just it's really hurt how I feel about him. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of in, lukewarm. Is probably a good 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 term.
3: Yeah, I've I've gone from uh being a being pretty excited, um to optimistic to being like pretty pretty on the fence with it. Um I mean you you listen to the guy, how could you not be, you know, sold by him, you know, before he was the head coach and then uh I think it what what was it that halftime speech last year at Utah? You're like, Oh yeah. I'd play for this fucking guy. Uh, but the recruiting, I mean, I don't know, man. So, are they are they trying to get guys to decommit? <laughs> are they just getting <laughs> commits just, just so they could have decommits? Like, hey, we haven't had a lot of decommits the last five or six years. We should just get a couple under our belt, you know. Like, I don't I – don't, um,
2: You're suggesting they yeah. check you – that someone in the media check <laughs> – Jimmy, is that uh, contract for clauses there. Or?
4: Yeah, <laughs> is he trying to fill a fill a quota for
3: <laughs> Uh Yeah, I mean, I thought. I, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm go ahead. I'm willing to. I'm willing to go. I mean, this year, you've got to do something this year. I'm I'm pretty optimistic this year. The schedule's pretty favorable with a guaranteed loss at the farm if i if i decide to go to stanford it, if i decide to go again it's a guaranteed loss but uh yeah i this schedule should should suit you know the team to do well so i, I i'm i'm still pretty optimistic about this here
2: well, as we tra- will transition in a second to the season itself in terms of the the outlook that all three of us have, but um, but in regards to Jimmy Lake, I thought that Sway made an excellent post. It was either this morning or yesterday. Um, he said that the one when Jimmy Lake was was hired, the one absolute lockdown thing that we could count on with him was going to be the recruiting was going to be great, and everything else was going <laughs> to be an unknown as he switched over to. The head coaching role—that was the one thing you could count on. And then, um, you know, it's just—you know—I don't even—I—I I, I don't even really make a, a huge effort to follow recruiting, as everybody knows. Um, but I'm even aware of how alarmingly bad it is. So, um, would you take yeah, away the one certainty, <laughs> and then you're hiring the ball boy for, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars or whatever? It's you know, the what are we doing? The, the assistant to the
3: running back.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the Dwight Schuert of the uh, <laughs> the, uh <laughs> NFC East or whatever, but or actually <laughs> they're AFC, excuse me. But um, A- AFC South. <laughs> AFC South, thank you. <laughs>
4: the so, uh, <laughs>
2: Well, it's, you know, and and we've kind of hashed over it in previous podcasts and stuff, so uh, so I don't want to belabor the point, but um it's very underwhelming to say the least and certainly does nothing to spark any uh optimism in that regard. Um but uh so as uh, well, I think what we'll do is maybe we'll just uh will we'll look at three or four different areas of the team and then kind of conclude with what our thoughts are for the, uh, you know, the overall season and what we think will happen. Quarterback's kind of interesting with uh, Sam heard and uh, and Dylan Morris, of course, and uh, Jacob Sermon and his 175 passer rating have moved on. So uh, what do you guys think in terms of where we're at there?
0: I, I like quarterback I, I feel good on. Uh, I don't feel, like, great. I I, <laughs> I was part of the group when it was announced that Morris, like, we have a group text. Morris was announced as a starter that kind of, you know, had a, had a meltdown before the Oregon State game. Like, oh, God, you know, we're going to from Browning to Hainer to Morris, just like another small guy <laughs> who isn't an athlete, who isn't, you know, doesn't have a big arm. And I was really overwhelmed for once in Husky football with how he played last year. Uh, I'm not going to say that he would like, you know, Tui – uh, our uh, Gobert, you know, but he, he was good enough in those four games to show me that if Heward beats him out at some point in the year, uh, to me, that means that Heward's actually pretty good, which I kind of like that dynamic. And if Morris just starts, uh, I think they're in a decent spot. I really liked uh, what he brought, you know, outside of just, you know, being able to make the throws and stuff like that is like, he had that kind of trait that a lot of quarterbacks have kind of killed the Huskies with where he's not necessarily, you know taken off for a 20 yard run but he's keeping himself alive in the pocket and then making a yes. play or, or keeping himself from getting sacked is he he don't think he really basically don't think he got sacked all season which uh, is a really underrated trait for him and he had some fire and positive fire he didn't have the you know uh, that browning kind of uh what do you call it like posture Mopey. when things were going wrong <laughs> Mopey. and he didn't have that Eason kind of like uh you know I'm going to be a fourth-round draft pick, even though I've barely played college football, uh, you know, six-foot-six, uh, you know, bro vibe. So I, I, I like it. I think you're in a defense spot with, with quarterback.
2: I don't think he thought he yeah. was going to be
0: fourth-round, but that's another story. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: I I uh, I enjoyed – yeah, we, we all kind of had a little minor meltdown. We are like, oh, shit. Dylan Morris, we have nothing other than Dylan Morris, you know. And then uh, just that first game, you just watch his, you know, his vibe. And uh, you're like, oh, this guy's, you know, this guy's a good leader and looks like the team's, you know, rallied around him. And I was pretty encouraged by Dylan Morris. And I think the, uh, yeah, the the one recorded sack last year was him uh what running out of bounds for a one yard loss against Arizona It's like that's the one stat we could hand to Arizona in the first three quarters. <laughs> um, and then uh you know on uh, on Heward, you know, leave it to the Huskies to to finally get a five star quarterback and he can't play. <laughs> <laughs> All these other teams They get a five-star quarterback He's immediately playing <laughs> And ours isn't ready for a couple of years Like of
4: course No <laughs> <laughs>
3: But I'm fine with um, it because uh, I think I think the team will uh, I think the team will do okay with Morris I, I don't think he's going to fuck up any game
0: For us this year
2: and then I saw that, uh, in regards to running back, that, uh, Jimmy Lake, I believe it was yesterday, was giving a lot of, uh, plaudits to, um, to, uh, Fig Newton there and, uh, saying he's definitely going to get a lot of carries. He's in the best physical shape he's seen in a long time. So obviously he, Jimmy, uh, Coach Lake was trying to, um, pump him up with some public praise there. Um, and, uh, what, what do you guys think in regards to the, uh, you know, the, we got, we definitely have kind of a little, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little cabal of uh, running backs there now.
0: The stable, stable—that's the word I want. Don't, I, I uh, don't know if I, I wouldn't call it a stable. <laughs> the <a> stable? <laughs> it's like uh, it's Boner a little stable? bit. Yeah, it's more <laughs> of like a humane society almost, a little bit. I don't know if I call it a stable. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs>
4: <laughs> just as that's long as nobody's too.
0: getting euthanized, we're okay, though. So it's a it's a horse rescue. It's a horse rescue. <laughs> that's not that's too. <laughs> we're
2: reporting live from the horse rescue farm at Bot Lake. Okay, that's a little too harsh. <laughs> it is. It's,
4: it's, it's, it's... We don't
3: we don't we don't euthanize our horses.
0: <laughs> we just give them. Six... Fifth and sixth years, you know, we give them that extra we COVID tape, we year. Their,
3: we their legs.
0: <laughs> that's too harsh. It's too harsh. Uh, running back's like okay. Yeah, running back's okay. It's not going to be a disaster. I don't. I think that's they have enough guys who've shown enough uh, that towards like uh, it's okay. I, I like McGrew. I don't think McGrew. I almost think McGrew runs too hard. Uh, and gets himself banged up. And that's his biggest problem. Is I'll be like, I like McGrew, and we don't see him for two games because I think he's a small guy and he gets banged up. But when he's out there, I like him. Uh, I like what they have at running back. I mean, I think me and Joey had a lot of years where you just stop and be like, you know, he went from Chris Polk to Sankey uh, to Gaskin. And we're just like, man, there's going to be a day when we don't have just a, you know, a thoroughbred of a running back. And we're going to be like, man that's it's so much different when you don't have that and we're there uh starting with 2019 it's you know that whole not having uh with that 10 year run basically of having you know nfl just amazing running backs who could carry you know 30 times a game and may, do damage is pretty nice and they don't have that there's uh, and i think the offense is going to have a little bit of a a little bit of a struggle i think just with the way washington always seems to be built when they don't have a running back like that, and they don't. Uh, But they're fine. They have a mix-up of decent guys that are going to be okay, and you never know. One of those guys could step up. One of the younger guys, uh, like Cam Davis, or one of the Texas guys, just those Polk, those stanky Gaskin guys, sometimes they kind of come out of nowhere, uh, and one day they're just the man. So I hope that happens, but I don't see it happening.
2: I think I posted this on the boards maybe six weeks ago or so, but um, I do truly believe uh, that if McGrew was playing it like this, might sound condescending or like a backhanded comment, but I am being sincere. If he was playing like Linfield, he'd be like a legend. I think. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's he's like
3: yeah. he's like the NBA he's like the NBA Jam of uh, running backs. <laughs> like he'll he'll be there's there's a game where you're like keep keep handing it to McGrew. Please hand it to him. He's gashing this team, and then then there will be a game where he runs the ball straight into the line and <laughs> gets knocked backwards like like Mark Sanchez in the butt fumble or something. <laughs> and you're and you're like, uh, quit handing it to McGrew. Quit handing it to McGrew. <laughs>
2: and you're you're frantically doing your group text, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Oh, Why was we handing
3: it to McGrew? Eventually, I just throw the phone down. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> uh, I've I've never been too down on uh, Keith Bonifant. Uh I know, like he gets a lot of shit for you know his recruiting, and it looks like uh, it looks like he's kind of settling on recruits sometimes, but he's he's for the most part got production out of his guys and. I mean knock on wood, not a lot of fumbles in his in his time here. So you know, I, I don't I, I'm not I don't panic on the running backs because I think I think they're gonna unleash Cam Davis this year. I think he's gonna be the number one guy. I'm hoping he's the number one
2: guy. Me too. But we've been playing uh, that for what, two years, so plus there's a half dozen guys on the board that like saying the word boner popper so <laughs> I I mean, how,
3: how there, there's just there's just something off about the guy putting his skeletons on his lawn, <laughs> whatever he was doing during COVID.
2: He looks like a good dad from those uh, – and I'm being serious from those family photos, but um, – so, uh, and what are you guys – your thoughts on the offensive line?
0: Uh, I think I've meant uh, – go ahead. Uh, Sorry. Uh it's all good. I uh I think I've mentioned the board a couple of times. I'm very snake bit by I feel like there's been like four times in my husky watching career where you know the whole line was coming back. We're ready to kick ass. The line's going to be the line and then <laughs> they line they line up against like San San Diego State or someone and they can't run for like a yard when they need to. So I'm so I'm ready for that to line up against Montana and they average, you know, 2.7 yards per carry and they can't co- convert on third and short against anybody. But I think this is finally the year that they break through and have a good line. I think the talent level different. Um, I think it's back to where, you know, it was at least like in the Lambright years where you kind of forget where even if the teams weren't great, you look at the line and you're like, Oh, there's some NFL guys. They're good linemen. Um, and they've been around for a while. We're not just throwing out. We're not throwing in any guy with half, half, half an ounce of talent the way they were in the William Hammond Stark years, where we saw guys like Kohler and Colin Porter and stuff like that, who was just like, well, this guy or Ryan Toller, this guy's okay, so he's starting. These guys have actually kind of been like uh, through it and, and thrown and shown a bit. I, I have high hopes. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't think they're gonna be like, you know, the 2000. A line that just kind of plowed away way to a, a Rose Bowl t- uh, title, but I, I think they're going to be—I think they're going to be good.
2: And, and by the way, the like the the mother of all examples there, in, in regards to where you enter into a season, thinking that the offensive line is so, going to be so prevailingly dominant, um, you think back to the five reasons that originated in 2008, heading into the Oregon game, <laughs> and whatever dog man poster that said that we averaged 332 <laughs> pounds across the line. And uh, the boys have an attitude and are ready to rumble.
3: <laughs> and I, then we lost I spent, 44 to 10. I, I went down a rabbit hole and spent hours trying to find the original post. Oh, did you really? Oh, yes. <laughs> scouring the Internet a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, somebody somebody on uh, Hardcore Husky has a copy pasta somewhere. But uh, hopefully gone are the days of Greg Christine. <laughs> starting, at, <laughs> starting at guard. Uh no offense to Greg Christine. Uh gave his heart and soul to the program. But yeah, I I echo everything everything that Jack said because we've been saying this for oh twenty years. Oh this this line is quote unquote ready to rumble this year. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's Everybody's coming back, and then we finish like sixth or seventh in every category. You know, (laughs) every 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 metric of offensive line. It's like, what the hell happened? (laughs) We had such high hopes. Oh, we had oh, we had no we had no lineman drafted. Oh, shocker.
2: And then uh just uh three or four more questions here and then we'll, we'll conclude for the day. But um uh defensively, what what are you guys thinking in that regard? I think most people are pretty optimistic with so much uh, talent coming back and guys like McDuffie in the uh in the defensive backfield. Um uh, we'll starting. Joey. Joey.
3: I've, I've I've never <laughs> I've never seen uh one defense plagued uh, by missing one position, like the Huskies in the last couple of years, mm. uh, not having another inside linebacker, I mean has has been a glaring issue. It looks like they're fine, to, uh, you know, ten ten positions. I mean, they could they could have gotten a little better um, interior line play last year, but it just looks um, it just looks like one position plaguing them, the other inside linebacker position. Because they, they don't have to run, you know, another team doesn't have to run to LaFoccio. I mean, if if they can't step up somewhere, get Sermon to step up somewhere. I mean, he he looked like clueless at times last year, looked like he was on skates. Then he'd make a play and you're like, okay, all right, all right. He's I think he's finally clicking. And then disappears in the Stanford game. I I don't I mean it's granted Asa Turner didn't help his out last year. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully the uh hopefully the hyphenated safety uh helps him out
0: this year. Yeah, Wooly. that would be. Bradley Hiles? Yeah. Bradley um, Hiles.
3: I call my hyphenated Hile, cause... you go you go hyphenated, you know, whatever. I won't yeah, get she's... I won't get into that. I won't get into my phobia on hyphenated names.
0: <laughs> I, I it all starts. <laughs> There's in, a long thread on Dogman dog about that.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that might have yeah. been my
3: first
2: rant on Dogman. or on. Uh, You'll, get
0: You'll, get <laughs> You'll get talked. You'll yeah, get talked. You'll my... get talked Dogman for that. Yeah. Uh, it might
2: be uh, it might be the post that I'm thinking of, but there was like a, a very extensive breakdown a few years ago uh, on hyphenated names and why we hate them or whatever. It was like six pages or something. It was Went into the etymology of it. it
3: and... Is that all I
4: did with six pages? On it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh... Willie, Do you have thoughts? Sorry, yeah, defense. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think the defense is good. I mean, at worst, I feel like they'll be the second or third best defense in the Pac-12, which is I mean, they they've proven that. And I, my only worry was last year when they couldn't stop the run, they especially kind of up the middle. I think it was kind of similar to that running back, uh, you know, legacy I was talking about where at D-tackle we were like, "Man, we had Danny Shelton uh to to Vita, to Gaines, to Levi, and we we're like, What's it going to be like when you don't have, like, these NFL uh, these NFL guys that de-tackle? And suddenly, I think the, it started to look like that last year when, like, the beeve was just, like, you're cruising up the middle in Utah and Stanford. You're like, well, that's what happens when you don't have, you know, first-team all-Pac-12 guys for, you know, 10 years that de-tackle. But I think that also, was for whatever reason, no one in the country could stop the run, so I'm not as worried about that. I think the defense will be good. Um, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, a couple spots like inside linebacker and safety and just – I've. it seems like with the Pac-12 uh, in the past 20 years, going back to even USC, there's just this weird thing where, to me, the teams that have their run, USC, Stanford, uh, Oregon, it's oddly when they seem to bring in, like, higher recruits kind of like later in their the years after they've made their first run that they kind of – seem to fade off a little bit, especially on defense, and they lose that kind of edge. So I'm just Mm. hoping, I I think the talent's there, and I I think I saw a little bit of that last year where you just don't have the guys that are trying to prove it as much or they maybe think that they come in with a little bit higher, uh, you know, they come in with a little bit higher thinking to themselves and they don't uh, have that chip on their shoulder. And I think I'm hoping that doesn't happen to the Huskies. Uh, And I do like hyphenated Radley Hiles. He's kind of a... just looking at some of the pictures and stuff of practice, he kind of has that vibe uh, of what I think they really mm-hmm. need. Um, where obviously McDuffie to me is the best corner in the Pac-12, uh, best uh, if not the country. But Radley Howes might not be as good, but kind of bring that you know Byron Murphy, uh, Ezekiel Turner, just like edge of like we're gonna we're gonna fuck people up today, and that's what they need. And I think they especially last year, uh, if the de- if the defense, if the front isn't going to be able to shut people down the way it was in the run game.
2: Well, and especially if hey, people Turner, are throwing away
0: from Zeke it, Turner, uh
3: Sorry, I was going to say Zeke Turner is one of the most underrated uh, Huskies of the last 10 years because that guy would dish out a hit, play a little dirty, and uh, the team seemed to – that whole death row defense – was kind of like that, but Zeke Turner was pretty underrated at at uh, getting a good
0: hit and firing up the team. Yeah, and so, they need that. I think that's what they, they, need, lock, that. they, they lack need that. Bad, the ca- yeah, the past couple of years, they've you know even going back to offense with Gaskin, they just kind of lack that uh, on the team and the defense lacked that kind of like football mentality and attitude. Uh, I mean, especially I think that can set you apart in the Pac-12 because. Uh, to be honest, the Pac-12 kind of just sucks. <laughs> well, I think they lack toughness. <laughs> uh, case in point, the last two champions got beat by, you know, what, like eight and five Auburn teams on neutral fields and then were hurt for like three weeks afterwards. So uh, I, 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 I hope he can bring some, you know, Oklahoma toughness to uh, the Pac-12. <sighs> Well, that's what oh, happens oh when top. you uh,
2: run the option down there at the goal line with a quarterback that hasn't uh, ever run it as a college uh, quarterback. Um And then oh. in fact, that uh, that's been, that's sent uh, Dougal's whole life spiraling into a deep oblivion, <laughs> and uh, that's a story maybe he'll tell someday. But. <laughs>
3: Uh, I, think, I think I was already nearing the uh, blackout stage of that game. <laughs> and I, I think I nailed it in. My wife has a gif of me just shaking my head with my arms folded somewhere.
2: Uh, um, so, and then uh, the last couple of questions uh, in regards to the season as a whole. Um I'll go ahead and say this, and we were joking around a little bit before we started recording, but uh, actually I wasn't completely joking, but I said that if, uh, you know, we open up against Montana and if it comes down to the final seconds and we have to, like, block a field goal in order to hang on to the win, we know it's going to be a long year. Uh, But I do feel that as as a whole, as it sits right now on uh, whatever today is, August 7th or whatever, I feel like that we're going to lose at Michigan, but we are going to go nine and three on the year. And then uh, this is going to be me dooging as best as I can. We're going (laughs) to win the bowl game, Holiday Bowl or wherever we go. That was my thought. Ten and three.
3: Man, Uh, (laughs) I I think I I think I put on the poll. I think God did I put eleven and two. I think I voted eleven. This is like the first. This is the first year I didn't. This is the first year I didn't vote Owen. I'm like, okay, I'm getting older. I, I need to stop being so negative. You've got, you've got one life. Just be a little positive. But I couldn't go all. The, I couldn't, of course, go all the way. Uh, I, I think they. They better beat Michigan. Michigan's Michigan is uh, like quietly in some fucking turmoil. Uh, how many guys have they? They uh, they've had so many guys transfer out. I can't. I can't remember the number, but um, haven't uh, Jack? Haven't they already had like it's it's at least ten guys transfer out last year?
0: Of course, yeah, if we not one. more. <laughs>
3: It's yeah, they more. have a I mean, cor- they yeah. had a quarterback right? They had a quarterback leave.
0: It was McCaffrey, um, and I think they had like two oh, quarterbacks. Oh yeah, McCaffrey, leave.
3: duh, yeah, yeah, two quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, their whole team. Like uh, they're,
3: out. Yeah, they're they're in some turmoil. Like they, uh, of course, Michigan doesn't uh, like a bunch of fucking jabronis. They are. They don't schedule a uh, <laughs> the the home game, our game in in Washington next year. They. Uh, they have Michigan State do a home and home with us and they, they wait till like twenty twenty seven till they have a new coach. So they could they could get us uh probably on a down year whenever they are. Twenty twenty seven, twenty twenty eight. Anyways, they should beat Michigan this year, but they've I don't know. Fucking maybe a twelfth man on the f-
2: on the PAT and find a way
3: to find a way to screw it up on the field goal. I mean,
2: and that felt at that not to belabor that point, but at the time that felt so foreign to us. You know, we Huskies were usually the team that would find a way to win in the fourth quarter, and you wouldn't see collapses like that. We saw it through the Lambright years, um, obviously with a couple of games against Oregon and uh, and the way that we completely got. Um, destroyed by air force and, and faded in the in the fourth quarter but you know we you know by by uh, the season was that was the uh 2002 season right yes the it was the opening game at Michigan we were just a year uh only a year had passed since we'd won the Rose Bowl and so we had that 8 and 4 season in 2001 where there were some things there that were looking kind of rickety like the horrible loss to Oregon State and uh, you know, giving up nine hundred yards passing to the major whatever his name was quarterback for Texas and stuff, and at the same time, um and we got we just got prison Apple raped by White. Miami, of course. Yeah. And we got just prison yeah. raped by Miami, of course, but um but there were some good <laughs> wins in that season too. And we did go eight and four and we beat the Cougs, who were top ten for what that's worth. But um anyways it by two thousand two there was still a feeling like we're kind of in transition. We don't know fully what to expect, but we're still Washington. And then in 2002 was when we had the 12 man uh, loss to uh, to Michigan, and then about three or four weeks later we lost to uh, Cal, and by uh, I believe it was by about two touchdowns at home. And uh, we and then was, you knew something was changing. I was, was at changing. that
3: game. I was at that game. That was
0: beginning the, of the end. I
3: think it, somehow. Some uh, I had a friend that uh, was going to school there. They smuggled me into the student section at that Cal game. So I sat in the student section, and I remember being completely disgusted that they they just had no, like, they didn't care. I'm like, this is the first time we've lost a fucking Cal in, like, before I was born. Like, what was it? 76. 77 or 76. 76. Yeah, and everybody's just like, uh, who cares? Let's let's just leave. Let's let's uh, rip up our little program and throw it in the air like confetti and do a bunch of goofy-ass shit like the wave. Uh, yeah, I, I'm being completely disgusting at the, at the reaction of the students. So the students don't just suck now. They sucked 20 years ago.
4: You got everybody on the board. And
3: they, they, uh To go back to this season, um, I know a lot of – I know everybody's – not everybody, but some people are saying, you know, hey, we miss USC and Utah. I'd almost rather play USC and Utah this year. If you really look at Arizona State and UCLA, how many games have we played those guys where it wasn't some (laughs) weird-ass game? It's, It's always a weird game against those two teams. That, that's, well, also, UCLA is the only team uh, Don James had a losing record to, right? Right. in, in and the, then in Arizona the
2: right. State.
3: Arizona uh, State. I mean, we beat them um, what two times uh, the last two out of the last three times we played them. But before that, it was uh, the '98 Reggie Davis game, right? I no, mean, they beat him in two thousand
2: one, I think. Yep, that field goal by okay, John Anderson, two thousand one. Yeah, the yeah. field goal.
3: Yeah, but it's like they've they've owned us. The yeah. Arizona State has owned us for, for like a seven win on average team down there.
2: Well, think, think <laughs> to, no to further than us. that monsoon game that we uh, we uh, only had like five completions all day or whatever, <laughs> and we lost at home. Yeah,
3: it wasn't yeah. That. that was frustrating? And that was Troy Troy Williams. 24. It is one Williams, charge, and, uh, yeah.
4: And the yep. Wild Quest. <laughs> wild Quest. <laughs> who, oh, who
3: was that? Uh, who was that little quarterback Arizona State had that uh, year? Taylor. Oh. Uh,
0: Taylor uh, something. Manny Wil. Right? Not Manny Wilkins.
3: No, not Manny Wilkins.
0: Taylor <laughs> Kelly. Uh, Taylor Kelly.
3: Yeah, like the typical, the prototypical scrawny little. Uh, scrambling white quarterback that kills the Huskies. <laughs> he can't yeah. can't stop him. He runs all over, <laughs> escapes everything. Uh, Arizona had. Uh, we were better off with Nick Foles playing Nick Foles than, uh, than playing Matt fucking Scott <laughs> every time he played. <laughs> every time we played Arizona, <laughs> better off playing uh, Nick Foles. Uh, yeah, we
0: could. Do, we could do a whole podcast on the uh, me and Joey thing of no one kills the Huskies more than not very big, not very athletic, not good passer, just kind of clumsy, weird quarterbacks like that in the past, like, 10 to 15 years have just, like, uh, Manny Wilkins is a great example. They always kill the Huskies. Never throw, yeah, never throw interceptions. Sorely There are also guys who, like, Every other game you watch, they'll be playing the Beeve, and it's like Manny Wilkins has four interceptions, zero touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Huntley is kind of a good version, a better version of that, but you know, like he plays the Oregon in that championship game, and basically it's just like a dumpster fire. But you're like against the Huskies, he was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that that's a whole podcast in its own. Uh, but looking at the, I pulled up before we started, kind of going into that mythology of the season. Uh, which I think they're going to have a good season. <laughs> I think the problem with being, you know, such a deep fan is I start going through the games. And, yeah, if they lose to Michigan, it's not a good sign because uh, who does Michigan even have now other than that's on the road and that's, a, you know, a borderline blue blood. <laughs> you start going through the rest of the Pac-12 season, and I'm like, they should win every one of these games given, you know, both teams' rosters and wh- who win- wins at home. But then you look at every game, and as a fan who's so, you know, snake bit, you're like, Cal, can't beat Cal. <laughs> when, when are, how are we ever going to beat Cal again? At Oregon State, they're due to lose to Oregon State. UCLA, yes. UCLA is never a win. At Arizona, I mean, the 2016 team had to go to overtime with Arizona. You just don't win at the desert. At Stanford... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oregon, I mean, unless Oregon's been 10 times better than the Huskies, uh, every single time Oregon's won, like, eight close games in a row against the Huskies and never had, like, a bad play ever ever happen to them in a the tight game. Uh, Arizona State, never beat Arizona State. But then Colorado and, and the Coug, those are two wins, you know, other than at Colorado in November. Those are fine. But you <laughs> look at that string of games, and you are just like, those are all games they either never win – uh, they never win, basically, other than the beeve, and they 're so due for you know it 's just college football they 're due for a bad game against the beeve,
2: so you 've got us at seven and five okay
0: no um. I, I think I think they have a good year we we're going long, but I think they have a good year if there's no reason why given the given what they got coming back, Jimmy Lake, I think could be your typical you know uh, what do you, what do you call it? Just like, you know, internal hire who has it set up to have a decent year just with the schedule and what they have the, the experience. I, I think as both of you said, I think it might take a bowl game, like you said, Derek, but they get to the 10 wins and I think that's going to be enough to, uh, you know, keep, keep excitement enough with the fans and, you know, things like that. But I don't know if that's going to do enough to really recharge recruiting and, what do you do next year? Uh, the year after next, I mean, I mean I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. But I think this year they sh- they should win at least ten games.
2: And, and by the way, really quickly, just to go back to the recruiting thing, um, not to get too, you know, psychoanical, psychologically an, what a little bit of a psychologically an- What's the word I want? <laughs> Were you analyzing psychologically? <laughs> um, analytical, <laughs> analytical. There we go. Um, but what do you guys what do you guys think the deal is with Jimmy? I mean, do you, do you think it's a confidence thing? Do you think he realizes that he's failing so far in that realm? Of, to me, it's a mystery, but I don't study it that closely. the The one thing the one thing I I keep looking at is
3: is the two position groups that keep having transfers, like the receiver position and the linebacker position having transfers. What what's going on there? I I mean, granted, you know, I think I think Puka and Spiker, I don't know, whatever they did, left the team last year and got COVID and brought it back or whatever rumors <laughs> that was. Uh, but those two position groups that they're they've been having consistent transfer. Like, what the hell is Calvert transferring out for? That's hmm. what's. That's what's kind of alarming me, and the the same is for the recruiting on those two positions, obviously too. That's that's got me worried a little bit,
2: and especially yeah. in, in regards to. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jack. I'll just say real quick though, especially yeah. in regards to Puka. Um, if you just if you just step back and look at this uh, at the big picture. He, you know, he was going to be an upperclassman. He's in a position now where there's really no other competition on the team to take away time from him. He'd get all the, all the spotlight that he wanted and a chance to really shine with a quarterback that he'd worked with now for over a year, and it and and to move back home like that, uh, you know, it just didn't make sense to me. So, I think
3: he's a little of a head case.
0: Yeah, I think that's always been the case. Uh, yeah, I think that the transfer kind of confirmed it. Um, I think recruiting, like a lot of things, it's like ten ten things. So strap in for the next hour for my uh, manifesto about the ten different uh, things that have ruined recruiting.
4: <laughs> the Duke
0: manifesto. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, unproven head coach, I think, is one. No one knows what Jimmy is. It's hard to sign on to that. Um, I think the program just they do things a certain way i think the war full thing i don't think the program is getting down and dirty the way like an asu will it can, that can kind of keep itself recruiting um i think jimmy jimmy staff hires i don't think other than huff i think they've hired a lot of guys who are just kind of like not really proven recruiters and there's nothing that exciting about them and they clearly especially defensive back they just aren't you know the, the assistants haven't really been people who to get anyone excited. Uh, I think, uh, I think, unfortunately, of the never-ending saga of being a Husky fan of why Oregon had to you know have the Nike connection and just turn into this never-ending hardest-working uh, program uh, in college football or any sport, really. Uh, I think they get negative recruited a lot right now about by, from Pac-12 schools, and I think uh, Jimmy saying maybe Jimmy saying stupid shit. Uh, you know, early on in his career did not help. I think Oregon's almost like trolling Washington right now and turned the tide mm. of that recruiting where it seemed like they were winning every battle against Oregon. Oregon was kind of taking a lot of guys who, you know, were like four-star guys, but you're like, I don't know if anyone's actually really recruiting that guy. Uh, where now I think Washington's kind of like, <laughs> it's completely flipped. And now I think the Huskies aren't winning any recruiting battles against Oregon or anybody. Uh, and then on top of that, they're not even getting – you know, they're still passing on those kind of fake four-star guys. And now they're just taking players who um, I think, you know, they can just get, which doesn't mean they're not good. I think I don't want to get lost in that, but I just, it doesn't seem like they're fighting and they're not, they're not winning any fights. And it's almost like they're not willing to get into a fight. They just kind of say, well, we're not going to recruit that guy. We're going to take, you know, this three-star guy who, you know, we're not going to have to battle for and, uh, call it a day, and we don't have room. I I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just a lot of different things. Jimmy may be a, a little
3: more dr- – I was going to say, Jimmy may be a little more uh, drill sergeant than we realize, probably. You know, he's probably like, oh, you don't want to come here? Well, then go pound Sam and not not willing to just go back in the fire and hose a guy off and bring him back in and welcome him back. <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> I got no, I else. <laughs> well well Oregon, look look, Oregon uh here quietly. I I don't want to offend ESPN.
2: That, Oregon my, recru- comment, my comment there would get about eleven shit credibles on the board, I think. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say
3: God, God forbid I, I offend the, the mothership of ESPN but Quietly, Oregon recruits a lot of four-star Jags, uh, and they they don't get a lot of shit for it. They mm. just get, oh my God, this 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 four-star out of Mississippi that obviously nobody in the SEC wanted. <laughs> and there's a reason he's coming to Oregon, but uh, so that's that's a little bit of the hype on on. On Oregon, I, I didn't. I, I did not want to spend the whole podcast bitching about Oregon. Hell yeah! <laughs> so I'll, just, I'll just leave it. I'll just. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> they do have a okay. lineman uh, walk on lineman from uh, from Deming, so and I think he's he's
0: he, he's not a walk on. He's a, he's a starter. And he's when a, you hear he's like a, he's on scholarship. He, He's, a, he's a, He was a J.C. recruit, and he's when you, like, read the preview magazines or things, it's just, like, Oregon stacked on the O-line, and then, like, I look at their O-line, and I'm like, these guys weren't good last year. None of these guys, other <laughs> yeah. than, like, their one big recruit is, like, that Jonah Tenno guy, and he doesn't even play. And then they have one J.C. guy who was a pretty big recruit, but he was, like, not even an honorable mention all Pac-12 guy last year, but just, just mythology of, like, oh, they're just – Stacked up front. It's like, uh, and they're bringing in guys now. I think they they faked it till they made it. And I think the Huskies, I think Jimmy's not willing to do that. And I think um, that's part of it. They took a lot of guys who were like those four star guys, but it built up this mystique that they were recruiting really well, even though they were taking guys like Josh Delgado and, yeah, a lot of weird guys from like Maryland and North Carolina who, you know, were Sean done. Dollars. Yeah, Sean <laughs> Dollars. My only thing, not to get too sidetracked, but Sean Dollars to me is why Cam Davis kind of creeps me out. Because I see on Twitter, I see all these uh, Duke Duck fans that are like, Sean Dollars, like the next, like, uh, like Royce Freeman. And, it's like, he's their guy that they're putting all their hopes on. I'm like, that guy is a gag. Like, that guy is not – he's like a low four-star guy. I don't think Washington – I don't think anyone even recruited him that hard. But I'm I'm going on a tangent. But, yeah, I think – that's kind of a good point. I think Jimmy isn't faking it, not willing to fake it till you make it a little bit, and, you know, sign some four-star guys who aren't really that huge of a deal, but it boosts your recruiting ranking, and other guys see that, and they're like, oh, the Huskies had the 11th best class in the country last year, even though, you know, really uh, psychotic recruiting fans like me uh, will be like, yeah, but, dude, like 60% of those guys are like guys that, you know, Pac-12 schools cooled on, Uh but you know you got to kind of do that and land some five star guys too to get thrown in there. And I just I don't think I don't think Jimmy's doing that. I think he's kind of resting on, you know, well we're going to take this guy and we develop uh, and still have a little bit of that Boise State mindset of, you know, we develop our guys and uh, either that or he just sucks. I don't know. <laughs> it Could just be that he's just. He's well, the, way, the weird
2: thing the weird thing about Jimmy Lake, though, weird in the sense that it's really a, a dichotomy, is because. Um, Just like the picture that race Bannon posted yesterday, I think, where he was saying Team Jimmy and stuff. And Jimmy's, like, he's sharply dressed. He's color-coordinated with what he – I think it was – I can't remember. I think it was a purple sweatshirt and purple shoes or something. It looks – black shorts, I think. It looks sharp. He's jogging onto the field. He's, you know, he's got that uh, big, broad smile. Uh, He's handsome. He's charismatic. He looks athletic. He he looks like a guy that, you know, uh, could really put a a thunderbolt of energy into a team or – um, and then, but you see the results, and you see the coaches that he brings in, and you see who he elevated to defensive coordinator after Coach K left, and all these things just don't add up. That that but was predictable.
4: He, he Gregory, predictable. he looks the part. He looks the part. I don't that, know.
2: <laughs> it was, it was
4: he like, looks like a guy that would mix it up uh, in
2: recruiting. Who, Jimmy yeah. or or, yeah. or Gregory? <laughs> <laughs> Not Bob. That Not Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Jimmy looks like a guy that would go, oh, fuck no, the Oregon's not gonna get that player and then yeah. pull out all the stops. And but you don't see it. So uh not, anymore. not
3: anymore. He was the he was the best recruiter. And now it's yeah, now it's like uh, it's like oh we're just oh we're not even fighting for anybody. Oh, Okay. We'll go steal a guy from Arizona. Yeah. I think I put a I think I put something on the wall like Arizona theft is better than <laughs> Fresno's theft. And I, but, was, I was kinda half
4: sincere and half half. Well, maybe they, <laughs>
2: well maybe they should get some two star recruit from South Carolina and then call up uh, you know, Kim Reynolds and ask him to make him a five star and Start building things up, you know. Uh, well, that used yeah, to happen. That, Jack, Jack and I were game. talking
0: about that. That that's used, I, uh, that used that to happen.
4: That still
0: happens. That's uh, I think. <laughs> I think Oregon does a lot of that. If you notice, I think their last class, like every single, and this is a Doug Dugman narrative that I think is getting more true, where you see guys who commit to certain schools, and suddenly, like every single guy in Oregon's class last year, like went from like they were all like borderline four-star guys. And by the end of it, they were like borderline five-star, but yeah, Jimmy, there's a thing going on with Washington. And I think Oregon where it's like, Washington does stuff that just makes sense. And seems like it's going to be a home run. It works everywhere else. And then it doesn't like, you know, we have a young African-American head coach who has a lot of energy. He checks every box. He, he does. He seems to be like the perfect guy who's young and going to get guys in proven track record. I mean, putting DBs into the league, nothing does not work. You know, Uh, Oregon does stuff that just seems like it never works. The, you know, hiring the guy who, because the players want him to be the coach uh, who failed at another school, who looked like a villain from a revenge, a 90s, a 90s comedy, (laughs) like Revenge of the Nerds. Uh,
2: And suddenly he's like,
0: suddenly Jimmy is like, you know, uh, you know, the, You know the ethnic the ethnic background of Jimmy can't recruit guys and uh, Mario Cristobal is just like killing it. Uh, You know, and is that that a
3: sign of how is that a sign of how fake America is?
0: (laughs) College football is fake. I mean, that's the thing. Everyone, everyone, uh, for whatever reason, the corny like white guy head coach thing is just it. It is what it is, and it seems like uh, that's. That that's that's what works. I don't know. It seems like it just seems to be over and over again. And yeah, uh,
3: D- Dabo Sweeney is not a guy I would hang out with
0: outside
4: of football. Uh,
3: I, I'm not. I'm not. A sweatshirt with no hood, no face. I mean, he just he just looks like a. He just looks like a cornball, and the, and the guy like kills it in recruiting. I don't understand it. Like, does he? Does the Bible have that? Does the Bible have that much power in a living room anymore? <laughs> like, I don't know how a guy like Dabo does that anymore.
2: Well, he he must be a tremendous uh, hire of, of assistance, you know, and uh, and he's connecting on some level. So I think you know what I, he strikes me though as somebody that is very very. A sincere and that you're, you know where you're going to stand and you know where he stands with things. And I think that in, uh, you know, we have a, as you guys were just saying a second ago, the American society is kind of very superficial in a lot of ways. And um, I, personally, I'd find that
0: refreshing, I think. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a Jimmy problem of a little bit of like, I don't think he knows what he is yet, and no one really knows what he is yet. And I mean, Peterson was not a uh, you know a high five and white guy uh, either. But so no. he he eventually got well, to where I he was a, a pizza yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he eventually got to where he was a really good closer. And I mean, I think he was recruiting at about as high a level as he ever could have uh, at Washington. And I think it was because he was who he was, and I think people trusted that. And I do think there is a little bit of those kind of Stanford type recruits, uh, Washington type recruits. I think th- in the past few years you're seeing less of them, which I think is another problem for Washington. There are was less guys who so I'm like, oh, that guy's a solid four star recruit, but he looks like he—it seems like he cares about school. Probably he's—you know—seems like the kind of guy who, if he doesn't go to Washington, is going to go to Stanford or maybe Notre Dame. I just—I feel like we're getting more and more guys now that's like, well right off the bat you're like like Troy Franklin or something you're like he might come to Washington because he has a connection to uh Sam Heward but that is the guy who goes to Oregon uh just based on you know most of the things you can kind of visibly you know kind of like the vibe that that's put out there we're having less of those guys where I'm like oh uh we're probably going to lose him to Stanford but he might go to Washington or they might be able to you know steal him from Notre Dame I'm a little worried if that's the if that's the model that they're going to go for, that we're just there's not that many of those guys right now going into college football coming out of high school. Uh, so what are we going to do? Beat AV Stanford and lose uh, lose half the guys to Stanford, and now lose losing the Notre Dame. You can't beat that yeah. degree. Can't beat the degree until, until it you doesn't matter. You can't beat that
3: degree until and, they and, and you have uh, <laughs> you have an alleged uh, Washington Husky. Fan site basically opining and rooting for kids to go to Stanford. Well, you yeah. can't pass up the Stanford degree.
0: <laughs> yeah, it works really well when you become an undrafted free agent and you're in a you're in a fucking camp. <laughs> uh, or your your uh, Kip Kelly takes you five rounds earlier than you should have, and then you're out of the league in like two years. Uh, I hope the Stanford degree is going to work for that. So, yeah, I don't know how many doctors we're seeing coming out of those those guys who, you know, have two th- for the degree and then to go five and seven every year. But beat the Huskies, yeah, you you do get that.
2: You know, something I've just occurred a- to me, too. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I
3: was going to say, I've met so many people that say, like, uh, yeah, you can call me whatever you want, you know, old, bitter, whatever. I won't hire a guy that spurned the Huskies. I, I've, I've met countless people that say the same thing. I probably would, too, you know. Oh, you spurned the Huskies and then like acted like a acted like an ass every time you played them. Like, okay, well I won't hire you.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't come
3: back. <laughs> don't, come, don't come
4: back.
2: <laughs> no, one just random thought that occurred to me too is Jack was talking a second ago is like you think back to different times. It's like the Huskies have played at Stanford over the years. Especially since their renovation, and get a mental picture of what that environment was like, and now compare it to the COVID year. What's the difference?
3: Uh, you they, could, uh, what was it two years ago? Where which which game were we at, Jack? Twenty nineteen. That would be twenty
4: nineteen. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, at Stanford, you you could hear yep. me yelling like. <laughs> <laughs> it was so quiet. It was, it was it was like it was like he's mailing it in. We, when we have like two minutes left in the game, and he's he's like calling uh, some fucking screenplays or running off tackle. And, I'm yelling, and everybody in that <laughs> section just looking over at this, this drunk, miserable husky fan yelling.
0: I believe <laughs> you were yelling uh, at David Shaw. Uh, <laughs> I think oh, well, David what, Shaw could get, hear get, you.
3: Getting up getting up for one game. Smug ass punk
0: that he is. I still stand by. I think I was screaming it too. Yeah. Stanford, I think, the next week then got just obliterated by UCLA. The week before they probably lost for the Bees, but they play Washington and for David Shaw, I think, is still salty about that. It's like their Super Bowl every year now. It's really bizarre. Uh it's just like for whatever reason, my theory, yeah, David Shaw's after two thousand and sixteen, he just has that team jacked up like it's their apple cup now and they're the they're the coobs.
3: I think he's salty after uh what was it twenty thirteen when Sark accused his guys of faking injuries <laughs> <laughs> I think it was twenty that was yeah tough. it was twenty thirteen uh sark sark is salty about uh you know like Shane scove <laughs> faking injuries and not uh not ASJ dropping a fucking wide open pass to get a first down. Uh, yeah, oh, I that, remember anyways, that now? That's oh, that's wow. our, that's,
2: our, that's our neurotic memory. <laughs> 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 um I guess uh, we'll we'll conclude then with one final question for you guys. Uh and I'm really curious what you're going to say. Um and, and uh we'll start with you, Jack. Who's your favorite poster on Hardcore Husky, and then who's the poster that irritates you the most? <laughs>
0: oh, uh, my favorite poster uh, has to be probably Race, just because I think that's the most. Uh, when I come in and I don't know what to, I'm not expecting anything, and then I'm leaving laughing, confused, and crying. Uh, that's <laughs> the guy. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta have support for that. I love just totally. Uh, nonsensical stuff too, and replies to things. Uh, uh, my least favorite is God. I'm trying to pull up who that who it was. Uh, somebody recently. Really dangerously?
3: <laughs>
4: no,
0: he, he's all right. <laughs> somebody posted something and posted my entire like. Uh writing bio, which includes like my fiction stuff, and then basically <laughs> talk uh, shit.
3: Dude, that that i think that was i think that was basement, but then i think everybody it I was think it was it uh, was basement it was like, it
0: was basement yeah, yeah and then but uh, I don't think,
3: was he talking shit i think it was uh, dirty south I could dog tell dirty
0: talking dirty shit. south dog yeah, i think dirty Man, south so I mean, dog is like a i think he's i think he's like a thirteen year old or something <laughs> Yeah, so Dirty South Dog, yeah. Bassman, I think, said I need to cyber with Jim Bassnight, who I kind of vaguely remember as being a a bass player or something. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Dirty South Dog, yeah. He's been one of the guys who, you know, made fun of my my, my shit. So, fuck him. (laughs) And if he's
2: 13, he said he has a... uh, uh, I believe he said, I believe he called her a morbidly obese wife in her 40s, and if he's 13, then I hope we're well, if
3: he's, a, if he's openly admitting that, then I'll take him off the, I'll take him off the uh, I'll just, I'd I, I just like to say really quick, uh, LK pause, and uh, Purple Bays, uh, great guys you know, yeah. met him at the function um, along with Along with Stalin, <laughs> uh, four four great people that I met. Um, sorry, you had to put sorry you had to put up with me uh, at least nine beers in. <laughs> uh,
2: there
4: was oh, that one favorite. part where
2: you were looking over at Jack and you said, "She stopped serving us. We're going to have to go up to the to the bar <laughs> to get our beers." <laughs>
4: so... <laughs> You remember uh, that? Uh, <laughs> uh, right I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh
3: anyways, uh, favorite poster, uh I'm Ray Spannon. I hope I can meet him someday before his hundred and fiftieth birthday.
4: <laughs>
3: uh yeah. Least favorite poster, uh, Sub K. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, <laughs> forever.
4: Uh, <laughs> is, he, if he
0: still a, is he a poster? I didn't think he was. He's been gone a I, like while. Like I so. said, like I said, yesterday,
3: today, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> forever.
0: he ever comes back.
3: Uh, uh, no, I, I've gotten to the point where I. Uh, you know, you have a disagreement on the board. I just say, you know, it's on the board. If we were all out if we we're all out drinking tailgating, we'd all get along because we'd all have one thing in common. It'd be husky football. You know. So right. I, I don't uh I don't hold too many things personal. Like you tell me to fuck off, I probably deserve it, you know. Oh, and <laughs> when down, I say most irritating you're, 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 uh yeah, go ahead. irritating poster. Are... I oh, mean, yeah
2: i didn't say somebody you well, wanna you know murder or something. It was the uh, no no, no it's just the most irritating <sighs> most
3: irritating um, well, you can do half half the people on the board are irritating i, I look, pump, <laughs> pump, it's pumpy, a seven, pumpy pumpy is irritating, but i love it Where is was where where is pumpy? I mean, where is, uh, what, Sierra's hot boobs or shot boobs or whatever the fuck his name
2: is? Well, he's not Like, he's what not happened to that? Back.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, irritating, think, but it's kind of comical. I'm, I kind of get... I, I kind yeah, of appreciate I think, the, uh, random stuff.
2: Yeah, I don't think he's coming back, but, uh, uh he didn't get banned or anything, but he, he just no... He, he's no more fan of the site, but, uh uh puppy i don't know um i would assume he's going to pop in at some point as the season gets underway um but he seems highly irritated with everything going on the boards and uh he he doesn't like a lot of the joking around despite all of his his oral fixation and anal fixations and everything uh he he, he you know he's been pushing me for years for a higher discussion board and everything and and i think he comes on there and just sees us clowning around and um, and for whatever reason, he feels that that's just uh, he's above that or something. So that's my take. So,
3: Walke, well, come back, please.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up there. Um, thanks, guys, for coming on, and uh, and uh, looking forward to getting this uh, up uh, later this morning and uh, uploaded and uh, posted on the boards and stuff. And so, uh, thanks for being on the show.
0: Yeah, thank you. Any time. Yeah, do get up.
1: Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snows Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is... which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber. Peyote. Peyote, come join Swain's Wigwam. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read this over.
2: Swain's Wigwam, yeah.
1: Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information. All for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> After he did that one, but.